you've been with us, you know that we've been journeying through the book of Hebrews. And there really is no other book quite like the book of Hebrews. I, I hope you guys have seen that as we've gone through it. Let me explain what I mean by the phrase, there's really no book quite like the book of Hebrews. Here, here's what I mean by that. If you were to come to me and you were to say, hey, Troy, hey, Troy what, what book uh, should I read that will point me to joy? How to have joy? I would say, well, you need to, you need to go read Philippians. You study Philippians. Or maybe you'd come to me and go, uh, Troy, what book should I read that will like, give me assurance, assurance of my faith? And I would say, well, hey, go read, read the first John. That will really point you there. Or maybe you'd say, hey, boy, Troy, what, you know, what, boy, what, book could, <laughs> what book of the Bible could really confuse me? Like, I don't know, maybe you're weird like that. Uh, I would say, well, go read Revelation. <laughs> you, 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 it'll, it'll confuse you to no end. Um, but if you came to me and you said, hey, Troy, I don't have time to read from Genesis all the way to Revelation. What, what book could I read that would summarize everything from beginning to end? I would say to you, the book of Hebrews. There's no other book quite like it. It, in a nutshell, takes everything that occurs in the Old Testament, ties it together with the New Testament, and makes the whole thing make sense. There's just no other book like it. Um, and I hope, I hope you've seen that as we've been going through Have you seen that as we've been going through the book of Hebrews? Have you felt that? It just makes everything make sense. It's such a great book. If, if you were to say to me now, Troy, okay, you can have one book of the Bible, I would pick Hebrews. I mean, it's that full, it's that rich, and, and so I'm glad we've been spending our, our time through it. Today, uh, we're, we're kind of going to continue our journey through the book of Hebrews, but I will admit to you up front, today might best be called a homily. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a homily, because we're going to be done real fast, and I don't want you to ever say, Troy, remember that day there was that 10-minute sermon? We're not calling it a sermon. That's why we're going to call it a homily. Today is different. It's a different type day. Um, but we're going to give you this. We're going to kind of package this together if the Lord is gracious. We're going to be faithful to the text. No doubt about that. We're going to be faithful to the text. Um, but we're only going to scratch the surface of everything that's going on in Hebrews chapter 11. Okay? So I want to tell you that up front. Um, we did indeed outline... The celebration of our graduates today, we outlined the book of Hebrews in conjunction with that. We knew that today would be the day that we would celebrate graduates, and we also knew that today would be the day that we hit Hebrews chapter 11. And we fit those together on purpose, and I hope it will make sense. Uh, so, the text will be congregational for sure. No doubt about it. There is something in this text for all of us in the congregation. Um, but we might say the specific target is the baccalaureate today. All right? it, it'll fit specifically with those individuals as well. So, graduates, I'm gonna, I'll speak to you, um, but I'll also speak to the congregation through this text. Um, the writer has spent ten chapters so far. We've journeyed through ten chapters, and, and he's told us that Christ is the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. He's pointed to that. He said Christ is greater than everything in the Old Testament. And ultimately, all things will point to Christ. He, he said that over and over and over for ten chapters. And if you go, Troy, what are you talking about? Just go to the website. 
Go to the website and you'll see everything we have read in the book of Hebrews has pointed us to the excellency of Christ and fulfillment. Maybe we could say it this way. From cradle to grave to glory. From cradle to a dirt nap to glory. Everything is about Christ. Everything. And you go, Troy, what does everything mean? Everything. Absolutely everything. And that's what he's been saying. That's been his point. Um, When you came up uh, on the playground as a kid, the monkey bars wasn't the point. Christ was the point. When you went to school as a teenager, Christ is the point. When you started developing hobbies and talents, Christ is the point of all of those things. When you get married, Christ is the point. When you secure a job, Christ is the point. When you have kids, Christ is the point. When you go on vacation, Christ is the point. When you are grandparenting, Christ is the point. And then ultimately when you find your rest on earth and your life in eternity, Christ is the point. He's the point of all things. And and so I, I want to speak to our graduates specifically. Cade, he's the point of academia and pharmacy. Christ is the point. Chase, he's the point of sports journalism. Um, Jeremiah, I know where, where I saw his shaved head. There, oh, he's right there in front. <laughs> he's the point of the National Guard. He's the point of continuing pursuit at work and in school. Cooper, he's the point of all that crazy welding that you're able to do. Uh, the dinosaur that you brought in is unbelievable. Christ is the point of that. Emily, he's the point of communications. Where's she at? She's over there with a the fam jam. He's the point of all those things. Haley, I see you there. He's the point of going into you. He's the point of graphics. He's the, he's the point of all of that. Press, he's the point of volleyball. He's the point of South Alabama. Christ is the point. The point is not you being on a poster. It's Christ. Jacob, he's, was, was he playing a second ago? Uh, he's the point of software engineering. Prathema. <laughs> Prathema. He's the point of instructional technology. <laughs> Whatever that is. He's the, he's the point of it. Macy Lane. Christ is the point of you living with me and your mom till you're 45. <laughs> Christ is the point of that, baby. <laughs> so if you choose to rebel, I, it's between you and the Lord. He's the point. You see where this message is going? Jesus is the point. And that is exactly what Hebrews chapter 11 says over and over and over with some other names. So, all this can be summarized with one word. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 11 says, all of these things can be connected with one word, faith. Faith in Christ is the point. Faith is the point. Hence again, from the cradle to the grave to glory, the only thing that matters is, are you a person of faith in Christ? That's the only thing that matters. Hebrews chapter 11, 1 and 2 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. 
For by it, the people of old received their commendation. Remember, chapters 1 through 10 have been saying, Christ is the fulfillment of everything the Bible has said so far. And then it all of a sudden changes in chapter 11 and says, and faith is the key that connects it all. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. That's the first two verses. The rest of the next 36 verses are these people right here. And all he says over and over and over and over is, Enoch had faith, Abel had faith, Noah had faith, Abraham had faith, Sarah had faith, Isaac had faith, Jacob had faith, Joseph had faith, Moses had faith, Israelites had faith. He goes on to say, under the leadership of Joshua, there was faith. Rahab had faith. Gideon, as a matter of fact, this is the point where he goes, and this is not um, to even include these people, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, uh, David, Samuel, the prophets, they conquered kingdoms and enforced justice, stopped mouths of lions, made strong in weakness, received the dead, tortured stone, refused to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life of whom the world was not worthy of any of these people because they were people of great faith. Their faith was rooted in the forward-looking hope of the coming Christ. All of it is by faith. That's the meaning of life. That was their meaning. They have grand stories, but the only thing that matters is their faith. That's what rooted it all together. And slapped right in the middle of 40 verses. That is 40 verses right there in a nutshell. Slapped right in the middle of 40 verses of chapter 11 are three verses that the writer kind of builds his whole um, argument around. And that's the three verses that I want to look at today very briefly. First, we're going to see this. Faith in Christ is the ground zero of worship. It's the the foundational point of anything that is of worship. Verse 6 says it this way. These will be on the screen. Catch this, graduates. Please catch this in congregation. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It's impossible. You can do anything you want to do, but without faith... It's impossible to please the Father. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Uh, The catechism says it this way, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Paul says it this way, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do for the glory of the Lord. Everything you do is an act of worship. And the only thing, the singular element that connects those dots is for you to do something worthy of the glory of God. It has to be rooted in faith in Christ. Nothing else matters. Let me apply this to us. Graduates, if you cure cancer without faith, it is impossible to glorify the Lord through that. That's how real this is. Graduates, if you feed every starving person on earth so that there's nobody else that's starving, and you do this without faith, it's impossible to please God through feeding the starving. Graduates, 
If you create art unlike the world has ever seen, that's ever been on display, more beautiful than Michelangelo or Beethoven or any form of musical or, or, or visual art or whatever, if you do all of that and it's done without faith, it's impossible for the Father to go, oh, I'm pleased by that. Faith is the groundwork of everything that culminates in worship. And worship is our point on earth to glorify the Lord. So watch this. Here's the flip side of that. The flip side of that is for the person of faith, the pressure's off. If you live, graduate, in a dumpster, if you live in a dumpster and no one ever knows your name, but you have faith in Christ, then the Father calls you a prince and a princess and a part of the royal kingdom. Graduate. If you have just an average American life, like I know everything's right before you right now, but if you just have an average American life, a couple of kids, um, you're not going to have a dog because you know, they're of the devil, but you're going to have a cat, you know, you have a cat, um, you have a couple of kids, you know, whatever, you have some fo- hobbies. If, you've just, if, if your life is just a mundane life, but you have faith in Christ, then the Father calls you precious in His sight. And worthy of His grace. Graduate, if you never make it to the workplace's who's who list, like your name never gets up on the board, you never get the trophy, you never, whatever, you never get the applause, all that kind of stuff, but your life is rooted in faith in the Christ, then the Father will count it all joy to shout your name when the roll is called up yonder. That's the meaning of life. Here is just a shadow and a vapor. But what's to come is more real than anything you could have ever dreamed or imagined. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. From cradle to grave to glory, Christ is the only thing that truly matters. Secondly, faith in Christ is the measuring stick of anything that's of a worth. Not just worship, but worth. Faith is a measuring stick. Verse 26, he says it this way, And Moses considered the reproach of Christ... Greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to that reward. Moses considered Christ. That should shock you, right? Moses, Christ wasn't here. Moses considered Christ greater. He had this forward-looking faith. Again, there's so much there. Hopefully we can dive back into it next week if we can disrupt the outline, all that kind of stuff, go back to it. Um, But... Here's the point of all that. If, and I say graduate, but congregation at large, hear me, please hear me. If Satan whispered in Christ's ear, Hey, what about all these trinkets that are shiny? You, you should go after the. I'll give you all these things. If he bombarded Christ with the treasures of the world, we can expect the exact same thing. We can expect no less. That he'll bombard you with, you need this, you've got to have this. Everybody says you... He he will bombard you with all those things. Your teachers will emphasize that. Hey, yes, you need these things and this is the pathway to get all the things that your heart desires. You will be flooded by that. If you do this, you'll make this much money. If you do this, you'll get to climb this ladder. If you do this, you'll... If you get this degree and then you get this degree. Oh yeah, by the way, you needed this degree as well. Which is the whole system. If you'll do these things, you'll get everything you... 
And the writer of Hebrews says, don't buy into that lie. Don't buy into that lie. None of that is of worth. Christ is what is of worth. Moses had the legal rights to anything he wanted. He could have had land. He could have had treasures. He could have had women. He could have had servants. He could have had anything he wanted. And he said, I I don't want any of it. I give it all away to follow this forward hope of a coming Christ. And in this, I say it to say this. Graduates, at this point, hopefully the whole congregation is realizing, hey, this is us too, isn't it? Right? It's probably more us than the graduates. The bigger and newer house, it's going to one day rot and be empty. The shiny car, it'll one day not crank anymore and probably have a lot of Cheetos ground into the carpet. The new clothes, they're one day going to find themselves at the bottom of the landfill like every other piece of clothes. And if you're never satisfied or content in those areas of life, that is exposing a gospel deficiency in your heart. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. If all you can ever think about is how to get this, or I want this new thing, or I'm not satisfied with what I got, or whatever, that's exposing a gospel deficiency that Christ is not enough for you. He's enough to save you, but He's not enough to satisfy you. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, let Christ be the one that satisfies you, whether you live in a mansion or whether you live in a cardboard box. You can have equal hope and satisfaction in the personal work of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. What a good text. The excellency of Christ will never fade. It will never rust. It will only grow more priceless, Matthew 6 says it this way, and we'll wrap it up. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, graduates. <laughs> graduates. And everybody else. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust will destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, from cradle to grave to glory. And then number three. Faith in Christ is ultimately what indeed makes us glorious. Verse 38 says it this way. Of all of these people, everybody that was mentioned in the faith, the hall of faith list, the world was not worthy of them. What a line. May we get that stitched on our clothes and put on our cars and what it, tattooed, whatever. Uh, may we be people of who the world is not worthy And what were they, those people? What made them those people? They were people of great faith. People of great faith, the writer of Hebrews says, the world is not worthy of you. Because you have this forward-looking hope in something greater. The accolades of the world and the accolades of eternity are at complete odds with one another. They're complete odds. What makes this understanding so very hard is right now we, we think that earth is so real because it's all we know. Like, like we think the earth is so real. Like it's, it's in our face. Like you're like, Troy, I can touch it. I can feel it. I can see it. I can, I can earn it. I can do something for it. I, 
I, that house, I, I need that house. I, it's bigger, it's better, it's, it's, I got more kids. You know, I, yes, I, I need this, or I, I need that car, or I need that. We, we feel like this is it, and that's what makes this so hard. Because eternity, we, we can't see it, we can't touch it, we can't taste it. We, we can't, and the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, I promise you that this is a blip on the dot of a far greater reality that lasts forever. Don't give your life away for this little dot when there's so much more real to come. Don't don't let it satisfy you. Go for this, is what the writer is saying. And one day, we'll see that. We'll see that come to fruition. And the people of faith will one day Get everything we've hoped for and desired in Christ that will satisfy. And we'll look back at the things of earth and go, how dumb was I for giving my life away for those trinkets that fade and rust? Graduates, be that person of faith. And the world will not appreciate you. It won't. But the world is not our object of hope. And the Most High will indeed give you a greater gift through redemption than you could have ever dreamed or imagined. That's what matters. And so, I close with... It's, 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 the history of it is kind of interesting. Um, it's a hymn that has been written and rewritten throughout the years. Um, it, it started out as an African-American spiritual song, and then verses have just kind of been added to it throughout the years. Um, But I want to end with this, because I think the writer, original writer, and subsequent writers got it right. It's a pretty simple hymn. It says this, In the morning when I rise, In the morning when I rise, In the morning when I rise, Give me Jesus. It concludes with this. And when I come to die. And when I come to die. You want to guess what the next line is? And when I come to die. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have... All this world. Just give me Jesus. That's Hebrews chapter 11. Graduates and congregation alike, may we be a people of faith from the cradle to the grave to eternity, swimming countercultural for the person and work of Christ is worth it. It's worth it. That's your charge. That's your charge this morning. I'll get off the stage and Kayvon will bring off the celebration.